appreciate our uh, ladies, especially Dolly, who's not in here, but that who she's the one who spearheaded and got all that lunch together for us, and uh, we just hope you enjoyed your bologna. It's a good thing. We've got lots of great women in this church, but uh, but we're looking for God to raise up men. Amen. We're going to have a women's conference, and our men are going to do all the serving and all the prep and do everything to bless our ladies. It's only it's only fair, right? And we're going to honor them and. And do that. Um, I want to just say again, thank you for coming and thank you for being a part of this. It's been, how many of you say this is good? And I, and I'm, and I'm I thank God all, all these men have just blessed us and that I've saved the two best here for last. And I, and I say that. You know, not because, but let me tell you why. Because these are two elder statesmen and uh, men that, uh, you know, have been around and and have been and and run this and have been, have set an example for us to follow and know and know the whole importance of fathering and. Um, and so, and there was, a, and there's two issues here that I felt like, you know, are, are, uh, you know, are just really, really begging to be addressed. And so I, I asked, uh, Pastor Ed Townsend from Gary, originally from Chicago, and I think he'll probably tell you about himself, but, um, but here's a man that's, um, you know, that uh, since I've known him through Revive and how God's connected our hearts, um, I don't know, there's just something that um, I feel like God has given him a special assignment into this region because I don't think he was really looking to come to Indiana, but when God sends you somewhere, then you just go. And I appreciate men who obey God like that, and and he's been such a blessing to to the region, and so you're going to enjoy uh, this opportunity and to, to hear a man, a man with a, who carries the mantle and and uh, I'm excited about it, excited about what he's going to share today as a challenge. It's an important challenge. So I want you to bow your heads. I know we've had lunch, and now the temptation, you know, is going to be to your stomach juices to work that baloney over and you to get a spirit of slumber over. Father, I come against that spirit of slumber, especially that tripamine that's in that turkey we ate or whatever they call it. Lord, I just pray that you'll quicken us and awaken us and enliven us, Lord, to hear the, the truth and hear, hear what you want to say to us. 
you've continued from last night to this morning to now to speak and I believe God there's there's just more and I just say I, I say come on Holy Spirit come on we open our hearts we open our lives and we just invite you to come in and challenge us and help us and I ask it in Jesus name amen I want to introduce to you Pastor Ed Townsend give Give it up for Pastor Ed, would you? to a good meal last night. Two gentlemen that put the ingredients in the pot. Now I'm here to stir all everything up. Now, I'm kind of radical. I use my hands a lot. The reason why I let people know, because you'll say, wow, he is really because I believe I'm excited about the word of God. It saved my life. And so whenever I get the opportunity, I just get excited. Now, I want you all to know I'm a teacher of the word. And you all in school. Okay. Now. If you the slow class, you won't get recess. But I can look and see everybody here is how honest class, right? Amen. So I like participation. I like feedback. I like you to go, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a hooper. I'm not a screamer. I get loud, but I'm excited about the word of God. So when Pastor Mike asked me to speak, I'm like, you sure he's got the right Ed Townsend? He don't, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because he sent it to me in an in a, in a email. And I looked, I said, wait a minute, is, is this, he, got, he got the right email address. So anyway, my assignment is... A man's call to his brothers. And just to give you a little background about myself. Born and raised in the city of Chicago. Thought I lived there to Jesus come. But God said no. Move to Indiana. Now let me be honest with you. I have children that live in Indiana. And I didn't want to live that close to him. I'm being honest, Bishop. Yeah. I, you know, 
I raised them. I was around them all their life. I didn't want to be that close to them. You know what I'm saying? I loved them. I loved them to life, but I didn't want to live next door to them. I live around the corner from them. And see, I have grandchildren, and I definitely didn't want to be that close to them because that, was going to be, that means they're going to be on my house every day. See, because you know, when you got an empty nest, it's great. It's great. My wife and I, we come and go when we get ready. We don't have to worry about no babysitting. Now, understand, we don't babysit. Some do. Now, that might make me a bad grandfather, but we don't babysit. My wife babysits, but that's her thing. Okay. I, uh, I'm an, I don't call myself a senior citizen. I call myself a seasoned citizen. There's a difference. I'm, I'm a seasoned citizen. When I talk to people on the phone, they say, well, I see you on Social Security. I say, yeah, but that don't make me a senior citizen. I'm seasoned. Okay. You, you're not going to label me like that. I've been around the block. Some blocks two times. Okay. I believe church should be fun. It, you know, I, I came from a church that was all gloom and doom. I, you know, I, you should be excited about God. See, because I know where God brought me from. I worked for the city of Chicago for 26 years. I drove a bus. I saw everything. Some things, it was nothing but God that brought me through. I heard Pastor Mike say he was a drug user and a drug dealer. I don't want to elaborate on that. I don't want to keep putting your business out in the street. But I know God saved you from that. Now, he was a young drug dealer. I was an older drug dealer. I knew better. But I got caught up in the life. <laughs> I, I, I had people looking to kill me. I never forget sitting in the car with a lady and her husband was walking around with a gun looking for me. <laughs> I'm not glamorizing that life. I'm just saying what God has brought me from. And, and I lost a son to the gangs and, 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 and that I hit a wall because I blamed it on God. And the man of God told me, you get your family and you in church. And I've been in church ever since. Now, I didn't go to church in the right way the first time. I would go to church. I used to go to church with cocaine in my pocket. Stand up and cry. Man, be praying, preaching, doing, I'd be crying 
hurry up so I can go snort that cocaine. Then I felt guilty, so I wouldn't bring it in the church. I left it in the car. There's been some rough areas in my life. I was married before, and when I came to the Lord, I came to the Lord so God would help me in my first marriage. That was the wrong thing to do. I wasn't coming for me. I was coming for my marriage. I wasn't coming for him to save me. I was coming for him to save my marriage. And when it didn't work, I left the church. Not knowing that my future wife was in the church that I was in. Later on in life, I became, I got on the board of directors for this homeless, the shelter for homeless women and children. And my wife wanted to do, my wife now wanted to do volunteer work for it. But she could never get anybody to talk to her. So her daughter, her oldest daughter, which is my oldest daughter, was my friend. She was my get high buddy. Okay. She's saved now, though. Hallelujah. Now, she said, you need to meet my mother. I said, I don't want to meet your mama. She's a Christian woman. I went. And her mama used to say, I don't want to meet him. He ain't saved. But God, see how God divinely connects things. God brought us together because of the shelter. She wanted to do volunteer work. Then she said, well, I'll meet him. And when I met her, she was standing at the door and I was like, wow. I was pleasantly surprised. Well, the street in me started to come out. What's your name? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I didn't. And you know, she put me in my place real quick. <laughs> she said, uh-uh. <laughs> my name is such and such. She said, my name is Evangelist Myrtle Townsend. I said, okay. I had to step back. I knew I couldn't come to her like that. But then she started explaining some things. So anyway, I invited her to an affair. And I said, listen. I said, I'll pay for the tickets. It was a fundraiser I set up. I'll come back and pick you up. She said, I got my own car. Tell me where it's at. And I knew she was nothing to play with. But what gravitated me toward her was my mother liked her. And my mama didn't like nobody. I mean, you know, no, she ain't that she ain't the one, son. That that one ain't the one. But my mother liked her. So we dated and we dated and then we finally got married. This year, we've been married 24 years. She's my best friend. And I told her she couldn't come. She wanted to sneak in the back. I told her she can't come. But anyway, a man's call to his brothers. Hallelujah. This is a good assignment. This is a good assignment. You know, I'm an action movie channel type of guy. I love X-Men, I love Captain uh, Captain America, I love Iron Man, I love war movies. Because there's something about war movies that causes men from different parts of the country to come together 
for one common purpose. I love Saving Private Ryan. But one of my favorite movies was The Band of Brothers. Men are called to be a band of brothers. Like they, we were saying this morning, no one is called to be the Lone Ranger. I can't be the Lone Ranger for Christ. No man is an island. Listen, and I love the movie Tombstone. It's one scene in Tombstone that I, 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 I that's my favorite scene where Wyatt Earp and them got caught, caught in a crossfire at the water. And, and Doc Holliday said, come on, Wyatt, you got to do something. And Wyatt said, no, and he stood up and he started shooting. Now, they were shooting him. Did you not know that during all the time the Wyatt Earp was a marshal, he never got shot? Not one time. Now, they shooting at him, bullets flying through him. By him and through his coat, you know, they wind up killing everybody. So two of the guys say, he said, man, you ever seen anything like that? He said, man, I ain't even never heard of nothing like that. So they asked Doc Holliday, they said, where he at? He said, down on the creek walking on water. (laughs) So what I want to say to you today is we're going to have some water walking anointing in our lives. Let me tell you who you are. You are mighty men of God, and you're full of the anointing of God. God did not spare anything when he gave his anointing. Christ in me, the hope of glory, that's the anointing. We have no, we have no, need to suffer from low self-esteem. We have no need to suffer from depression. We have no need to have light because we have the anointing. One can put a thousand. Two can put what? That's why the devil don't want us to be a band of brothers. Mm -hmm. Now deep in his heart, every man wants to be a part of something that does something great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Every man. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see we want we 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 flock to events that exhibit teamwork and everyone involved wins in the end. And it's always great when they become abandoned brothers. I'm always reminded of Gideon. I was the Lord woke me up this morning and started sharing me about Gideon. Gideon had, God told him, I need you to go and fight the Midianites. Is that what he told him, Bishop? Okay, no, 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 no. Gideon suffered from the Lord's self-stink. Why? Because he was in a cave thrashing weed. You know how you thrash weed in a cave? But he was afraid of the Midianites. And then God came, and the angel came to him and said, Thou mighty man of valor. He said, no, 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 you got the wrong one. I, I'm the least. In my house, check out somebody else. But anyway, he answered the call, and God told him to do what he do. He went and got thirty-two thousand men against a hundred and twenty thousand. What is that? Twelve to one, pretty much. 
Then God told him to say, you got too many. So he said, okay, everybody that want to go home, go home. Half. Half. Left. That left him with 16. Then God said, no, 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 you still got too many. So some more left. Then he said, the ones you have are still too many, lest they say we got the victory instead of God getting the victory. See, as band of brothers, it doesn't matter who, just the fact that it matters it is and it happens. Nobody has to be out front. The thing of it is, we need to conquer this world for Christ as brothers. One of the greatest scriptures in the Bible is in 2 Corinthians 1. And it says here, let me see, I'll find it for you here. 2 Corinthians 1. It says, now he, 1 and 22, now he would establish us with you in Christ had what? Anointed us. So that's who you are. You anointed. Ah. You might say, well, Pastor, I don't feel anointed, but it ain't about a feeling. It's what the word of God says. See, if we get feelings out the way, we can do what God has called for us to do. See, I might feel like I don't like you. But it ain't about a feeling. See, I have to see, look at you the way God see you. That's the way I need to see you. And I need to say, brother, I need your help. See, we don't do that as, as brothers. We don't, as men, we don't say, I need your help. Because we think we can do this all by ourselves. All right. Let me get back to what I'm doing. And then, because uh, I want to hear him get through, because I, I want to hear Bishop. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he dwindled down to 300. And this 300 became a band of brothers. Why? Why did these 300 become a band of brothers and the 32,000 didn't become a band of brothers? Because the 300, they were on one accord. How do we know that? The Bible says God told, he said, he say, when they go to drink, everyone that laughed like a dog sent him home. Because, you know, when the dog put his head down, he ain't seeing nothing. But the 300, they was drinking like this. And as brothers, we need to watch as well as pray for one another. <laughs> I've been in churches where everybody got their eyes closed. Big churches. And dudes going in ladies' purses. <laughs> we need to watch as well as pray. See, the enemy of our soul, he's very subtle. That's why we need to watch out for one another. We need to pray for one another. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe that men are called to be 
a band of brothers in the kingdom of God. And in, be, and, become, and in becoming this band of brothers, we should see each other not as we are, but as we will be when Christ becomes Lord over our lives. Mm-hmm. Ah, and I believe men have fallen short in this area. We judge people on how, how they look. We judge people on by what they know. You know, I, I, I was in a church one time and the pastor was influenced by a lady who had a degree. Well, she was just a crooked. <laughs> See, we, we, we look for the wrong things. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I believe that men has fallen short of being the band of brothers that the world needs to see. We've fallen short. Uh-huh. Why? I believe we have picked and chose whom to be brothers with. And that includes all races. Everybody here know I'm a black man, right? Duh. <laughs> Duh. 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 Now, but I remember when I was in basic training, I was 17 years old. It was two guys from, te- from Tennessee back up in the hills. I'll never forget them. I will never forget him. One was named Jeb Phelps. Now that tells you right there, don't it? Jeb. <laughs> and the other guy's name was Peter Sellers. But they took a liking to me. And that's who I hung out with. I didn't look at them as being white. I looked at them and the fact of the matter was they was for me. And I was for them. That's what, see, 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 it's like when we come to the body of Christ, it's like we say, oh, I'm saved. Okay, let me, let me change. Yeah, we're supposed to change, but sometimes we change for the worst things. All of a sudden, we, we come in and we be equal but separate. See, I don't want all black church. I want a church that's full of all nationality. Because what's going to happen? We're going to have a problem when we get to heaven. I had a, I had a, a, a friend of mine, he played keyboards in this church, and he's in the music department in this church. And his pastor, I mean, his, his, his minister, the guy was over the music department, all he wanted to do was pray, play Fred Hammond songs. Donnie McClurkin songs and, 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 and you know, you know, he had to tell me, say, hold on. He said, listen, you're going to be in for a rude awakening when you get to heaven and see that, that Donnie McClurkin and, and Fred Hammond not the only one leading praise and worship. <laughs> listen. I learned a long time ago it's not who you are. It's 
what you are. I love me some uh, Jesus culture. Hey. What's her name? Uh, Smith, uh, the leader. Yeah. I got on my phone. <laughs> Come on now. I got a um, hill song. Because I'm wise enough to know God didn't just put it anointed in me. He put it in you and you and you and you and you. Now, my job is, as an anointed man of God, is to tap into the anointing that's in your life, and we can do some things for Christ. As brothers. <laughs> now, just in case you didn't know it, Jesus started his earthly ministry with men. <laughs> and if you really, if the truth be told, Jesus didn't go out and pick the finest. <laughs> he did not pick the cream of the crop. Uh-huh. I'm going to say something here. And sometimes when I say that, people are like, <gasps> say something that's really controversial. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't base his choices on appearances, their status, their gifts, their finances, or their station in life. See, we being a brother sometimes fall short of the fastest plan because that's what we base our choices on. Uh-huh, no, 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 no. And there are those who are influenced by degrees and eloquence of speech. <laughs> I say ain't. Pastor, that's, that's not correct. But that's me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, some of us are influenced by style of living. But Jesus chose a ragtag bunch of guys that would hardly sit in the church, much less be the church. <laughs> See, the Bible says, the Bible says, he'll take the foolish things. Am I right, Bishop? Well, I'm here to tell you I was a foolish thing. <laughs> I was. I wasn't looking for Jesus. Matter my own business. I ain't asked him to come rock my world. But he did. Rock it good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. He took these guys and changed the world. Everybody say brotherhood. Jesus understood brotherhood. That's why he told Peter... And Luke 22, 31, 22, 31, 32. Let me say something to you. I'm going to use the King James Version. But then there's another version you're going to hear. That's the Italian version. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> And it says here, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have what? Prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. 
And when thou art converted, strengthen who? Thy brethren. Now let me share something with you. Now this is my version. This is my version. You say what, Jesus? He want what? He want to sift me. You ain't gonna do nothing. You Jesus. I'm your boy, Peter. I'm your boy. I let you use my boat. And you ain't gonna help me with. When I'm who? Converted. No, no, you don't understand. He coming after me. He ain't coming. He, he ain't coming after me. See, Peter missed the point. He said, when you come through, go strengthen who? Your brethren. And there are times when we go through stuff and we need to strengthen our brethren. But we have this attitude that uh, I don't want to tell my problems because I'm scared my problems might get out in the street. That's the problem. I was telling them earlier, I got a pastor friend that all he do is say, Pastor, I need you to pray. I don't need to know what for. Now, if he want to share with me, he can, but it goes no further. Because he asked me to pray for him. And what that does is that strengthens our relationship. Everybody say relationship. That's a bad word with men. That's a bad word. Amen. That's mean you have a relationship. You're like, what? What? But women say it all the time. Women do it all the time. But it's something about a man relationship. Why? Because the world has told us relationship only belong between a man and a woman. But Jesus had a relationship with the disciples. <laughs> Listen to me. They ate together. They slept together. They traveled together. They even had gas together. People say, whoo, Jesus had gas? Yeah. The scripture said we don't have a high priest that has not. <laughs> but in all ways, hallelujah, uh-huh. See, <laughs> looking at the life of Jesus, they had a relationship with one another. Uh huh. Why? Okay, because they understood the purpose for this band of brothers. They understood. Even when questioned by Jesus about leaving, Jesus said, Everybody else left, y'all gonna leave? But they understood. Oh, no, 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 Jesus. See, we are band of brothers. And we've been with you. And we've seen what you did. And we know our lives have changed. Scripture says, iron shopping it, iron. Some of us don't want to be shopping. I like where I'm at. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Yeah, but you will never go any further than where you are. Hmm. Hmm, hmm. 
Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I for one believe we have lived up, we have failed to live up this, what the standard of the word of God says about brotherhood. We have failed. That's why, that's why the world don't want to come into the church because they see all this division. I learned a long time ago. Pastor Randy, how you doing? I learned a long time ago. It doesn't matter what the name of the church is. Are you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? I don't care about the name. If you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can fellowship. Now, if you're talking about the gospel of Buddha, have a nice day. But you understand what I'm saying? And we have allowed that to creep into the church. We have allowed that to creep into us. And that's why the church has no power. Because the Bible, see, see, are you anointed? Are you anointed? Are you anointed? All right, so, so, so if you are anointed, that means you have the power of God living in you. So people should want what you have. And what ha what's happened is because division and so much other foolishness creep up into the church, people don't want what we get. Why? Because, look, when you look, see, Adam lost the anointing. He, yeah, he lost the garden, but he lost the anointing. He lost the ability to walk with God. He lost the ability to spend time with God. And when we, as long as we're divided, we, we're spending time with God in vain. Reviving the animal was, was, it was a God sent to me. Cause see, I was in, I was in church where churches were saying, don't go over there. I've heard men of God say, man, don't go over there. They talk about faith. What? I thought the whole Bible was about faith. What are you Don't go over there. And you had, you had pastors that was jealous of each other because you had two more parking spaces than I had in my parking lot. That's crazy. That's crazy. And me, I bought into it. I was, look, I was, with, I was in the conference one time with T.E.J.'s. And T.J. Preaches, preaches hard out, Pastor Mike. And you know what the pastor told me? He didn't say nothing on that. I'm like, and I, I said, yeah, he sure didn't. Because I bought into it. That is not what God has called for us to be. We are a band of brothers. Called to shake the foundations of this nation. <laughs> That's why the enemy is so afraid of us getting together. He wants to keep us divided. Because the house divided. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Now listen to me. Listen, I'm going to give you time to turn there. I always thought this scripture, and we pastors use this. As a scripture, 
for men and women relationships. And we do. I've seen people talk about it at marriages. You know. But listen to this. You ready? You got it? It says two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. And if they what? Fall, the one will lift up his what? Fellow. Band the brothers. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Then it says here, mm-hmm. but woe to him that is alone when he falleth. See, the devil wants us to be alone. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For had not another to help him up. Verse 12. If one prevail against him, two shall what? Withstand him. And a three-fourth cord is not easily broken. Are you listening to me? You, my brother, me, you, and the Holy Ghost can do wonders. I have seen miracles happen in the church. I, I was... I, I was in the service where everybody was on the one court and it was a brother that walked like this. And the power of God came in and the, and the brother was laying on the floor. His legs went straight up in the air. I'm sitting there watching and his legs straightened out. <laughs> See, you can't tell me about what God can't do. <laughs> it's too late. I'm like Martin Luther King. I haven't been to the mountaintop. I done looked over. If the devil wanted to stop me, he should have stopped me a long time ago. It's too late now. See, I'm your brother. See, I'm going to stand shoulder to shoulder with you with everything that you're going through. And I'm not going to broadcast it. I'm going to pray. See, my wife and I stopped a lot of foolish telephone calls. People used to call, hey, man, you heard about. So I said, did you pray for him? Let's pray for him. People don't call me no more with foolishness. Are you listening to me? See, you got to stop the devil. I'm almost finished, y'all. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. Ah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, as men, we have a void in our lives that must be filled in. And in an attempt to fill that boy, we go on a search for God. Why? Because God created us that way. How come we can't go on a search together? How come we can't go on a search together? You know, every day I don't feel like it. You let us say, hey, let's go on. Then you may not feel like I'm here to say, hey. Let's go on. And if we can pick somebody else up along the way, are you listening to me? Uh, this guy he used to be the editor, editor of the Chicago Sun-Times, Lee Strobel. You know, Lee Strobel said about on the quest to prove that God wasn't real. You know why he did that? Because his wife got saved and he was mad. Because she stopped being his running buddy. <laughs> he 
know, because she went to parties with him and went out to drink with him. But she stopped because she got she found Jesus. And he told her, I'm going to show you that Jesus ain't real. He took a leave of absence from the Chicago Sun-Tan to go and find out that Jesus wasn't real. And guess what he found? He found Jesus. <laughs> he, he saved the day. You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you weren't looking for Jesus either. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe y'all came, some of y'all came here say, Who came here say? Who came out of the womb say? What? Nobody? Nobody came out the womb saved? Ain't got one? Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, that the emptiness was putting us on, on purpose. Uh-huh. Now, why? Because it was God's intent that the search was, would lead us to him. And the journey becomes less hectic when we have brothers to encourage us along the way. You can make it, brother. You can do it, brother. Don't give up, brother. See, I had one friend that encouraged me. And we weren't even really friends. But he was telling me, you can do it. You can make it. All you got to do is trust God. That's what we need. Hmm. Hmm. I'm a history buff. That was a phrase used by real Admiral Horatio Nelson, who referred to the captains on this command. Listen to me real good. And this is him talking. Yet, if I know my thoughts, it is not for myself. Uh-huh. Or on my own account chiefly, that I feel the sting of disappointment. No, it is for my brave officers, for my noble-minded friends and comrades. Such a gallant set of fellows, such a band of brothers. I don't, I can't do this by myself. And pastors, some, we, we need brothers. Pastorhood is one of the loneliest professions it is. Being a pastor, it's, it's tough. Because like Pastor Mike said earlier, we, we, we got our own things going on, then we got to, Deal with your things. You know, I I I, I made I, I tell my people, you got my, my you got my cell phone number. Don't you call me about the goldfish died. When you call me, call me for something. Don't call me with no foolishness. Are you listening to me? And that's what's wrong. Brothers don't brothers believe we're gonna call each other. For foolishness. I heard this brother say, this brother's hurting right here for his freedom. 
Now, see, he shared that, and what some of you all should have did was got his number. Just to encourage him. Let him know, hey, you can make it. You can make it through this. Mm-hmm. Oh. The movie, The Band of Brothers. The lead character, his name was Richard D. Winters. He remarked to his grandson who asked, Grandpa, were you a hero in the war? He answered, no, but I serve with a group of heroes. Band of brothers. Let's be who God called us to be. Band of brothers. Am I my brother's keeper? I should pray for you encourage you and lift you up even if nothing ain't going on you need to pray for people just when God places it on your heart just pray for them don't nothing have to be wrong we need to become the band of brothers that God has called for us to be that's a man's call to his brother amen I'm out of time I'm finished Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father God, help us to understand, oh God, that you have called for us to be a band of brothers. You have called for us to work hand in hand, spirit in spirit, oh God, with your Holy Spirit, oh God, to shake this nation and take it for you. Father God, hallelujah. I pray that everyone here in the sound of my voice, oh God, I pray that the anointing of God will rise up in them, oh God, that they will become a band of brothers, oh God. Stepping across racial boundaries, stepping across denominational boundaries, stepping across the world system, oh God. Hallelujah, because we don't live by the world system. We live by God's system. Hallelujah. Father God, we are in the world, but not of the world. So we choose not to participate in the world system. It's not about a man in the White House, oh God. It's not about a man in the White House. It's all about you, oh God. Because what really matters has not changed. You are still God. Hallelujah. And besides you, there is none other. So I pray, O oh Lord, that we will come to the realization that we need one another. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So... That's a great idea to get somebody's number. Maybe somebody you don't know. How many of you ever taken a selfie? Anybody? You are old, aren't you? Y'all know what a selfie is? I have to explain that. How about you take an ussy? Yeah, get with a guy and take a ussy and then get his number.
and then call them this week. You know, preferably somebody you don't know. It's not about, like, it's, uh, listen, it's not about trying to get them over to your church or not. That's not the point. I, don't you think we? it's time we our fellowship goes beyond just which church we attend? You know, I don't, I mean, it doesn't matter to me what church you attend. I don't want you to leave your church. What I want to do is build a band of brothers. I don't want, I don't want, you know, we have this go all the time here with, you know, Pastor Mike and I, we have a great relationship and, you know, people go here and there and we had this conversation earlier. I said, Mike, I want you to know our relationship is never going to be affected by what happens between people. And so, you know, because I want, I want a relationship with him that's where we're not threatened. You know what I mean? So, so drop all that. You know, it's not about... And if you're trying to do, if you're trying to just do that to, to recruit men for your church, you know, shame on you. Don't do that. You know, because it's about building relationships, and you know, not about. Um, it's not about that. We got to get bigger. We got to get bigger in our hearts and stuff. So thank you, brother. That was awesome. A band of brothers. Think about that. I'm going to have to go watch. I know I know. I watched that movie when it, uh, that movie's pretty old, isn't it? I need to watch that again because I get a lot of inspiration from movies. I do. Last Saturday, we, we had a leaders conference here, and I showed a, <laughs> I showed a scene from Up, the cartoon Up. We were all in tears. I mean, it, it, it just rips my heart out. I, it was powerful. <laughs> You're like, what would you see in Up? That you know, y'all knew. Y'all know the movie. See, I got a granddaughter. I've watched all these movies. You know, I got. I mean, I've watched them all. I could. When Lion King came out, I could sing all the songs verbatim. Akuna Matata. We watched it for hours, and then she'd say, play it again, play it again, please. Akuna Matata. All right. Well, now are you ready for this? Here we go. We got Bishop... Johnson, my bishop, my friend, man, my my spiritual father, and I just honor him, and I just thank God. Thank you for being with us today, bishop. Would you like the headset, or would you like this? Could we, could we wire him for sound? You remember this guy right here? Bishop coached. I could, I could. I, if I was a man, I'd, I'd have met you. 
Bishop coached Steve in, uh, when Steve was in high school. Bishop was a football coach in the high, and, uh, Calumet, wasn't it? Calumet High School. And that's when he launched his, uh, his ministry and started it in his living room. And his, his part of his assignment wasn't just to build a church, it was to build marriages. And so today he's going to talk to us about a man and his marriage. You ready? I'm, I'm, been, I'm excited about this. So I want you to welcome and let's stand and honor Bishop Ron Johnson from Living Stones in Crown Point. Amen. Sit down, gentlemen. Sit down. I appreciate you standing, but I'm like you. We're just men who fail daily. And the next day when we get up, we say we're not going to fail as much as we did yesterday. And then we go ahead and fail more. Because our reliance is on us and not upon God. If it's not upon God, why are you here? Because Pastor Mike said, you better be here. He said, I'll see you. I'll get you out. If that's the reason, I release you. Go. Go home. We had a men's meeting uh, Tuesday night. I had a men's meeting. And I had this young guy in there. He's fairly young. And he'd been fighting just fighting his his relationship is everything. And the guys were just pumping scripture, scripture, scripture. And finally I said, Okay, that's it. He looked at me and said, What 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 do you mean? What do you mean, Bishop? We're not gonna encourage him with scripture anymore because it's not gonna do it, it doesn't do anything. Well it would do something. No, it wouldn't. He's not receiving it. He wants to go to hell and not to heaven. All of a sudden, I had everybody's attention. And I said to him, I said, welcome to hell, because that's where you're going. Get to know people. When you go out there today, you better find some people who are going to hell too. And then you can see them in hell. You can have this party that all you talk about. He's looking at me like, what happened to you? I said, nothing happened to me. I'm the same. What happened to you? There was a time when you believed. And we tried to, we tried to cover it with, with our, the word and other things like that. It doesn't do it. It takes an act of God in your heart to change you. My words are not going to change you tonight. They might stir you. They might aggravate you. They might do whatever to you. But they will not change you until you are ready to be changed. And most men aren't ready. 
They've got too much of their life they want to live and they want to play and they want to do this. Too many things they want to do. Go do them. I'm not going to hold your feet to the, to the fire and say, when you start doing it, we'll release you. No, we won't. We'll release you right now. Just get the hell out of here. And I said that to him last night. That I had some guys go, I said, what? I said a few more things like that when I was coaching football. <laughs> because they didn't have a lot of people there who knew what they were doing. So my job was to encourage them. So I said to my whole group last night, I said, now listen, this guy wants to go to hell. Well, well Pastor, I no, 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 no. You want to go to heaven or to hell? That, that's your choice today. He said, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I said, well, I can't help you then. Only God can help you. I can't help you. And when you see that, when it dawns on you that your only avenue is to receive Jesus, it's your only avenue. You have no other. Then you got a chance. You still might not make it. Because you've piled up a bunch of crap. And you're believing in this stuff. And you think it's the only way you can go. You know what I say to those people? Go! I'm not going to talk you into staying and showing up here. Sorry, Mike. Or or showing up somewhere else. No. You're not going to get anywhere. Go be what you want to be. Go to where you want to go. You want to go to hell? Go to hell. And I told him that last night in front of all my guys. I said, he wants to go to hell. Let him go. He's given it this thing, you know. And I said, what's the matter? It's what you want. Well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't. You've got to make a choice. Your choice is going to be heaven or hell. If it's heaven, then you've got to die. I'm going to teach you guys how to be victorious. It's a great saying. Now, you can, if you get this, you're going to be victorious your whole life, especially at home and married to what we're working with. Honey, you're right. I'm wrong. Okay, let's try it. Mike, help us out now. I know you don't have, you have trouble with this. Okay, Mike, but you're not married to Mike. Who are you married to? We're going to put her name in there then. We're going to put it in there. Isla Dane, I love you because you're right and I'm wrong. And after, after the pain goes away, you see, it, it's, it's painful for a guy to admit that he isn't the know-it-all. He isn't the guy who has it all under control. He isn't the guy that's, that's just victorious. He's the guy stumbling. Somebody help me. Where's the door? It's over there. Well, open it for me. No, you open it for yourself. 
Hell is on the other side. Heaven's on this side. Where are you going to be? That's the question. Everybody's struggling out there. <coughs> well, I think I want to. I want to do this. Or I want to do that. Go do, go do it. My guys are all free. They all know. Pastor's going to let us go because I'm not in control of you. If you're if you're given to the Lord, He's in control of you. No matter how you want to go about it, He's in control of you. And from there, you will have victory or defeat. You know, everything that God created was good except, now, I can leave that, that little phrase there open, and I doubt many of you would get it right. What did God have an exception for? And it was for the aloneness of men. Men were not charged to be alone. He created us for marriage, for true manhood. It was created. You say, well, I can't get along with my wife. Well, shut your mouth then. See, it's real loving at my place. I want to get to victory. I don't care if I hurt your feelings. They're your feelings. They're not mine. I feel great. You're the one that's got to get a hold of me. And so God says, I'm going to make a woman for you. Great, God, great. Make her this way. Do Have her do this and do that and do all these things. Let her look like this and whatever. No, 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 no. I'll make her the way you need her. That's a scary thought. Because most of us don't have a clue what we need. We figure we got some idea of what we want. But you can't have sex 24 hours a day. That's out. You're not going there. Even if you could, she wouldn't. You all know that. Thank you, my brother. Everything God created was good except being alone. He didn't make you to be alone. How many of you are not married yet? Anybody? That's good. Good. You guys are all started in the right place. You're married. Or you were married. How many of you are, are divorced now? A couple of hands. I'm sure you went before God and fasted and prayed for days and weeks and found out what God wanted you to do, right? I wasn't born yesterday. I know you didn't do that, and I know it wouldn't have worked. God created that woman for you. 
One time I was arguing with God. You guys never argue with God, do you? I was arguing with God. I said, God, how come your word says that I'm the head of my house? I'm the man. I'm the one that, that everything has to come through and come to. Oh, you say God nothing? Okay. So we keep going. I said, if that's true, and I think it is, I think I can prove it by the scriptures, then how come she doesn't listen to me all the time? What was the question again? How come she doesn't listen to me all the time? How many of you have a wife that listens to you all the time? Everything you say is copacetic. It's fine and dandy. Anybody out there? You better not lie. It doesn't work that way. We all know that. So, if your wife isn't yielded to you by doing your every bid, she's a normal person. She's normal. Well, I thought uh, I was in charge. <coughs> you are. You are. Go ask. Go talk to Don, Pastor Don. <laughs> go talk to Dr. Trump and ask him. How are things going? Before this election, <clears throat> they had you buried. You were dead and buried. And now people have to come to you for everything. Is that true? Yes, sir. Well, then, what happened? Somewhere along the line, we lost something. God had to prepare the man for the mate just as he prepared the animals of the earth for each other. No difference. We have a bigger brain. We don't use it, but we have a bigger brain. God prepared every female animal to fit However you want to use that word, to fit with the male part of it. And then he said, okay, go propagate. Go have fun. Have a good time. <clears throat> You're married. You can do anything you want to do. Be, be the man of God. Be the woman of God. Do you all have women who pray for you? <clears throat> You know, I'm trying to get out of the house. I'm behind this morning. My wife grabs me and she says, I need to pray for you. I don't question it. You want me to stand up, sit down, fight, team fight? What do you want me to do? You're going to just pray for me? Yeah. Okay, babe, pray. So I'm coming over here and I'm thinking, okay, I remember what she said, but I, I don't know if it's sufficient or not. It was more than sufficient. It is more than sufficient. 
There are four or must, M-U-S-T-S, four must of marriage. These, are, these have to be. <clears throat> Without these, <clears throat> you have nothing. First of all, you have to leave. You got to leave. I just got together with her. <clears throat> you got to leave everybody that is with you now and bring yourself into the fruition and understanding that God is God and he's my God and he wants to direct me. And he's going to teach me how to love this woman the way that only she can be loved. I don't know how. I know all you guys are great lovers. <clears throat> First of all, you got to change the word love out of your vocabulary. you got to get sex out of there. Sex has nothing to do with love. Well, that just killed about half of you. <clears throat> nothing to do with it. Nothing. Nothing. It's just, it's just a, a, a fun time that if you are in agreement with your wife, you guys can have a good time together. But if you aren't, all hell breaks loose. And you walk out of there thinking, man, I need to go somewhere where I can get laid. Pardon my original French, but that's what it is. That's what we're talking about here. <clears throat> if I embarrass you, forgive me. But I don't give a rip if I do. <clears throat> so I have to <clears throat> There's got to be a, a leaving. I got to leave my buds. I got to leave my, my, my teammates. I got to leave all those guys. I got to leave them. And they're all going to say, oh, well, you got to go play with your woman. She won't let you do it. She won't let you do these things. No, it's God who won't let me do these things. You got a great opportunity to speak about God, but you don't use it. You let the world chastise your wife Instead of standing up for her and saying, no, she's got nothing to do with this. I'm here because I want to be here. And that's the way it is. So I have to leave our time together, guys. It's fun. It's fun. Maybe we'll get back together again sometime. <clears throat> but right now, no. I've got I've to leave. I've got to separate. I've got to have a severance. Between all my other stuff, all my guys, naturally any girls, <clears throat> and I got to stand up. Second thing I have to do is I have to cleave. C L E A V E, cleave. I got to cleave unto my wife. It's a permanence. It's a it's a gluing together. Say well. Can you tear it apart? Yeah, but you'll rip stuff up. Some of you guys who are pushing for a divorce, go fast and pray for a week before you do anything. And then when you're going to do something, if, you, if you're not going to call Pastor Mike, please call me. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can see what, what the avenue is going to be for you. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to find some woman out there who's going to just kowtow to everything you say and everything you want to do. That's going to bend over backwards and everything for you. It's not going to work. 
She wasn't made that way. And you weren't either. So he says, I want you to cleave unto her. But she, she doesn't want, every time I get near her, she's like, whoa, get out of here. I know what you want. Go, go. Well, if you've been a sex addict, you can, I can see why. Some of you guys have been sex addicts. I was one for a lot of years. I had to quit. And you know, when I quit, she became. It was no struggle anymore. It was easy. Honey, what, what do we got tonight? And she gave me a look like, all we got is each other. We got nothing else, baby. And whoa, ho, ho. <clears throat> Shut down the phone. Come on, turn out the lights, light the door. Do what you got to do. Or you can fight it. Hey, honey, it's been three weeks since we've even slept in the same bed. <clears throat> well, it's going to be four weeks now. That's the way it goes. All of you know I'm telling the truth. You're all that way. The problem isn't her. <coughs> oh, my wife's cold. There ain't no cold. Such animals cold. You don't understand her. If you would yield yourself, honey, I am wrong. Honey, I have missed the point. Honey, I should have. Honey, I. Honey, I've and then let it roll. I haven't taken good care of you. Some of your wives haven't haven't had a tender touch without sex at the end of it. In years. And you're thinking, well, isn't that the reason I tender touch? It shouldn't be, but it is for a lot of you. <clears throat> I'll be tender for the next eleven seconds, and then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna jump your frame, baby. <clears throat> is that too long? Eleven seconds isn't too long, is it? Oh. Pastor Mike wants it to be nine seconds. So I've got to I've got to leave my old ways and then I've got to cleave unto my new ways. Well my old way and my new way are the same. My woman she's the fault, she's the trouble. She's the one who won't yield to what I want. I wouldn't yield what you want either. I wouldn't yield to what I want. It's not going to work. It's got to be what he wants through you. Most of us here today, I won't say all of us because <clears throat> I won't say all of us. We don't know how to treat a woman. We don't have a clue. We think we're the Greatest thing since sliced bread. No, we aren't. 
Sliced bread gets stale. And that's what we are. We're stale. And he, he doesn't need us to be stale. So I've got leave and cleave. And the four, third one is one flesh. Now that, that, that kind of messes us up a little bit because we're not quite sure what he means by one flesh. He means one flesh. And that doesn't mean you're this way all the time. Now what he's talking about, he's talking about unity. Can you agree with your wife and all the things that she wants to do, could do, would do, should do, but because of your stubbornness, my stubbornness is not getting done. It's not her fault. It's our fault. If we would yield the one flesh to her, if we'd say, honey, what do you want to do? You know the greatest answer I get from my, my wife now is, whatever you want to do, babe, Whatever I want to do. Now you know what I want to do. And her answer to that is later. She knows what I'm talking about. And I know what I'm talking about. And I know what she's talking about. And later is the correct answer. Later. We'll do our things first. Who was talking about it? Uh, Pastor, you were talking about it. Uh, an open house or free house or no no more kids in your home just you and your wife empty nest what a great place to be an empty nest some of you are thinking man I'll be glad when I'm an empty nest get these kids out of here get this woman out of here get this Better be careful. <clears throat> the empty nest is wonderful. It's marvelous. You better have something to do, though. After your 11 seconds, you better be ready to go. Because <laughs> she can count to 11, too. So we've got leave the crew I've been with, cleave <coughs> to a new crew, <coughs> and get into one flesh. One flesh. One flesh, one brain. Oh. One avenue, one, one, one object, one going. How do we do that? The fourth idea was to be naked. Right away, we go wild with that. You get naked first, and I, well, I will. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about your gut level. Be naked before him. You be naked before her. No, no trying to figure it out. No saying, well, I don't know if it's going to work or not. 
are you thinking about doing this or do you want to do that or do you what do you want to do honey <clears throat> and I, her answer i know what's going to be whatever you want to do now after i got over the shock of that because it was a shock to me that she would give me that answer because i would jump up off the floor and say okay let's get out of here she said you know you missed it you missed it Naked and not ashamed. Naked and not ashamed. Oh. That sounds pretty good. That's intimacy. For the female, it breaks down to communication and trust. That's hers right there, communication and trust. And we have failed at that, men. Communication and trust. And for us, it's doing something with our mate. Okay, now that's something. It's not that three-letter word. For you that can't spell, that sex. Okay. <clears throat> Just wanted to get you in there. It's not what he's talking about. Because that isn't her goal right now. Her goal is she wants to be so close to you. She wants you to think like she thinks, but she wants you to think you did it. You thought it. <clears throat> you think, well, I, I, we could do that. We could if you will yield. But if you don't yield, we can't. See, the man gets in control because God said, you're my man. I created you first, I created you this way, this way, <clears throat> and I told you now go and subdue the world. And that's what you're doing. But you forgot about the woman I gave you who's going to work hand in hand with you and assist you all through this battle. Well, that, that's intimacy, yeah. Very intimate. And your wife wants that more than you do because you, she still knows you're translating intimacy into sex, and she isn't. She's translating intimacy into together, togetherness, one together, you know, this way. She sees you agreeing with her, and she doesn't have to pay a penalty. See, many times to the woman, sex is a penalty. It's, it's not a, oh boy, it's just fun. It's not it. And I, I, told, I told my guys, I said, <clears throat> your wife, I tell the wife this too, I said, your wife needs to understand you that you work on a three-day cycle. Everybody's got cycles. I said, you've got a three-day cycle. Day one comes after night three, and you wake up, you're pepped up, you're, you're good, man. Let's, come on, let's go on now. I'm ready to move on. And she says, okay, let's go. What are you going to do? And we go to day night number two. Nothing. But eventually we got to come to day three. Day three is when I get nervous and I start 
walking around the house looking for her. And she's hiding from me because she knows what I'm looking for. I'll let that settle in now. And she will, she will end up giving me what I want because she loves me. Now, why couldn't I end up that way too? Why couldn't I say, well, I'll give you what you want? What do you think she wants? Is it you? Not you. Is it me? No. She wants peace and quiet. Get away from me. I know what you want. And I'm not ready for that right now. <clears throat> Uh-oh. That's, that's the word for you to, to be promoted backwards. You, you, you don't like this. You don't like what, what I'm saying to you right now. What do you mean? Not ashamed. How many of you are, are ashamed in your relationship with your wife? Well, I got one honest man. Thank you, brother, for being honest. Appreciate it. What about the rest of you? None of you is ashamed of what's going on in your household between you and your wife. That's what you're telling me. I just want to make sure. So we had one and a half. <clears throat> now I'm getting some single hands going up. See, It's like, oh, oh, you, oh, you mean that? Yeah, whatever that is, you, that's the that I'm talking about. And your wife is saying, do something with me other than that. We can do that anytime. It doesn't prove love. It's just something. And I, I, I don't want to do that. <clears throat> I'm tired of that. And I'm thinking, tired of that? We haven't done it for three weeks. And all you guys are going, three, three weeks. Man, that's a long time. Three weeks. You sure it's three weeks? Not more than that, is it? No. Not more than that. Should be less than that, maybe. But what I want you to do, what I want you to concentrate on here now, we're going to shift from sex. I know it's hard for you. But we're going to shift our brain from talking about sex. We're going to shift our brain to how do we build a secure house? How come your house isn't being invaded right now? We have less protection over us, each of us right now, than we ever have in, in years. 
There isn't any protection. The government has said to you, you handle it. Our politicians don't know which end to sit on. <clears throat> what are you going to do? Well, I've got three things that you can do that will, that will save you and help you get to the end of this battle so you can go on to the next phase. The first is, <clears throat> this is out of Proverbs 24, 3 and 24, 4. And he says, by wisdom, a house is built. Wisdom. Where are you going to get the wisdom? Better be from God because you don't have, you're not smart enough. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. So he says, by wisdom, a house is built. Then he says, number two, by understanding, a house is established. Oh. That's more than just being built, to have it established. And then he goes down, he says, and by knowledge, Rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So if, if you use that Proverbs 3, 4 verse, by wisdom a house is built, by understanding a house is established, and by knowledge rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. We... We have trouble understanding this whole this whole section. Doesn't make any sense to us. You got to think of the the action words, uh, action verbs. First of all, built, established, filled. See, well, I want I want those things. There's not a guy in here who doesn't want those things. How are you going to get them? You got to go after them. You got to you got to give yourself up. Turn to the person next to you. It doesn't matter who it is. Just turn to the person next to you, and say, "You're my witness. Tell them that I give myself up to God." So who's in charge of you now? He has been all along, but you haven't figured it out. But he is too. So he said it's built to flourish. Your house is built to flourish. It's built to produce young. It's built to produce situations that are going to bring glory to the Father. It's built to produce situations that are going to cause you to be more than, than just a conqueror. You're going to be more than a conqueror. He says it's established. It's set in order. It's placed erect. It's not, it's not on the angle anymore. It's not falling down. It's, it's erect. And that's what God is going to do for each of us. He's going to establish your home in your home. Because you have a house that has four or five rooms, it doesn't amount to hell of beans. 
If, 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 if in that house we don't have things set in order, placed upright, placed in, in erection, if we don't have those, then we're in trouble. And finally, he says, he uses the, the action verb filled. He means overflowing, uh, fulfillment, abundance, satisfaction. He wants you to be filled with that. Now, you notice, she's not mentioned at all in this. Did I mention a woman anywhere? Just mentioned you guys. You guys are the ones who are keys to the structure. You're the ones that are reproducing this. You're the ones that are causing it to be strong. You're the ones who are causing people to look upon your household and say, wow, what a godly household. Look at these people. Look at what they're doing. Man, I wish I had something like that. <clears throat> well, you're going to get a chance to. So, by wisdom, the house is built. And he talks about pleasant riches of the Lord. Pleasant riches. What's he talking about here? Positive attitude. How many of you have a positive attitude, do you think? You think you have that? The other flip of positive attitude is pure motives. So when you're talking to your wife, is she getting the truth out of you or is she getting your jibber-jabber? Got to be one of those two. Can't be, can't be neither. Got to be one of those two. When was the last time you spoke honestly to your wife? When you said to her, you know, honey, I don't think we want to do A. I would rather do B. But she put her vote in for B. And that means you're going to come against her. Can you do that? Most of you can't. Won't. Whatever term you want to use there. But he says, yeah, your, your house is going to be filled. It's going to be established. It's going to have positive attitudes. It's going to have pure motives. So when you say something, you're telling the truth. It's going to come forth. It's not some lie you whipped up. It's not some something you're going to do to trick her into doing A or B. That's not your goal. Your goal is to cause her to see pleasant riches of the Lord. And that's you. You're the one. You've got to carry those out. Talks about having good relationships. You have a good relationship with your wife? Only you and her and God know. There are some people that know, 
Because they see you. They see how you treat her. Do you love her? Do you treat her well? Or is it only in public? Is it only in church that you open the door for her? Help her sit down? Hang up her coat? Do all these things? Or is it just church? I would suggest it's that. Most men don't have a clue. That's what a woman wants to have from you and from me. Pleasant memories. Got them? Did your wife have them with you? Pleasant memories? Or she just have memories? And thinking, oh, I'm glad we're not going through this again. See, somewhere in life, before you die, you got to be alive and, and, and trustworthy and honorable and wholesome and truthful before God. We all have to do that. There's no way out. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll run and hide. Fine, go hide. Don't come to my place. Stay here with Pastor Mike. <clears throat> so, positive attitude, good relationship, pleasant memories, mutual, here's one that'll get all of us, mutual respect. Mutual respect, what's that mean? It means that, that I respect my wife above all other women, especially that I'm around. She's my woman. Don't mess with her. You mess with her, you mess with me. You don't want to mess with me. I may not look tough, but trust me, I still am. I may only get one shot at you, but it'll be a hell of a shot. Whether it's in a weapon or a, or a fist, it will hit its mark, and you will be damaged. Mutual respect. I lift my wife up. It's it's usually from kids. You know, we work with marriages every day. Every day we're working with different marriages. And this one situation I'm working with right now is a situation where you look at it and you think, I'd kill the kid. Kids out of order. He's 22 years old, living at home. What's the matter with that? He has no job. What's the matter with that? He works nothing at home and nothing outside the home. What's the matter with that? And you say, well, it's that kid's fault. No, it's mom and dad's fault. Kid is the 
penalty receiver of it because nobody got a hold of his throat and said, listen, we don't do that. This is my wife. You do not treat her that way. You do not talk to her that way. I will put you through a wall. I'll repent afterwards, but I will put you through a wall. And then there are those people in the church who say, well, Bishop, you shouldn't be doing that. You're, 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 you're whatever. I said, no, <clears throat> I should be doing that. Somebody has to trust my wife and, and bless her, and that's me. And that's you. You, you don't let your kids do that. You don't let your kids talk bad to your woman. You don't let that happen. Your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and I'm in great-grandkids already. I got three of them that should be coming forth this month, the end of the month. And it's marvelous. But their parents were taught by us in marriage class. They know what to do. And I watch them to make sure they do it. I want to know, are you taking care of your kids? Yes. Are you taking care of your mother's kids? Oh. I don't know. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. How deep is the character of the people that you've produced? Is it character that will last and last and last? Or is it something that's got to be substantiated and built up every day? Shouldn't be, but I guarantee you it is, it will be. Mutual respect, depth of character, oneness in serving the Lord. My wife is one who is <clears throat> she serves the Lord. There's no shortcuts. I can't take them. She won't do them. And so we, we walk, motor along very well together because we know what we're supposed to do and we do that. So we have oneness in serving the Lord. The oneness. She doesn't serve God this way and I serve this way. Nope. There's a oneness. There's, there's only one of us that comes before the Lord. <clears throat> if she comes, she comes bringing me. If I come, I come bringing her. But we come before the Lord in oneness. She doesn't come crying to God saying, oh, he's, he's so bad. I don't come saying, she won't yield to me. Both of those are areas that shouldn't be, but you and I both know that Many of you have those areas in your life. And until you can deal with them, you've got, there's no such thing as oneness. You don't have anything. And that the Lord wants you to have this oneness. He wants you to have common goals. You have common goals? Should have. <clears throat> you 
Let me let me go back to wisdom now for a minute. And you think, uh, what's wisdom? Wisdom is what? Wisdom, and this is great definitions. Wisdom is seen with discernment. So you see your wife respond like whatever to one of your children, and it wasn't too good. So you go to your wife in privacy, and you say, honey, I don't think you dealt with that correctly. Her first response to me is, you don't know the whole story. That's true. If you want to tell it to me, I'll gladly listen. <clears throat> and so she gives me the whole story, which she's only mad at the kid. I want to kill him. Because his mouth opened up and garbage came out of his mouth that shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened. But it did. So I got to protect her. I got to make sure that she is being protected. So she's seen, here's her wisdom, she's seen with discernment. There's a broad perspective of what's going on in her life. And she sees it. See, she, she hears everybody. Your wife does too. Your wife hears all the kids, all the grandkids, you, and 50 million people in the church. And she hears them all. <coughs> so what do you do about that? You better make sure that what she's hearing with discernment is a broad perspective of it that it can cover a lot of things but it's going to stress accuracy she's not going to give me some story some makeup some toll thing no she's going to stress accuracy you see pastor Ron honey whatever she wants to call me the, the problem was that the young person didn't deal with it correctly. He dealt with it in anger. And in anger, he ended up yelling at his mother and leaving the room and slamming. The mother did the same thing. So they were both in error, but the one I'm going to correct is my wife. And I'll let her correct the boy. And it works all the time. You have to stress accuracy. You, you've got to, you've got to say, honey, is, are you telling me exactly what he said now? Well, almost. Well, what did he ex exactly did he say? And she would say it. And I'd say, okay, that's a different story then. <clears throat> What's beneath the surf, the surface of this? What's, what's under all this? There's a reason all this came out. <clears throat> it didn't just pop out there and said, well, I think I'll, I'll get my head cut off here. No, that wasn't the goal. The goal was, I'm going to see what's beneath the surface. What caused this? Peel it back. Oh, 
Right here it is. Right here it is. Little bed bugs that are causing problems in my household. And my wife doesn't know how to handle them, and she wants me to handle them. So she uses her wisdom to see what's beneath the surface. And she uses understanding. Understanding is responding with insight. It's, it's more than just, oh, yeah, I understand you. No, you understand me. You understand with insight? Do you know why? What? When? How? Do you know that part of responding with insight? Or do you just think you know it? Usually we just think we know it. We don't get there. We don't make it. So I've got wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Those three. Those three are key. Key. Knowledge is learning to view the situation here now with the eyes and heart of the Lord. How would God respond here? What would he do? Would he yell and scream and jump up and down? No. Would he yell at the kid and do whatever? No. <clears throat> Would he yell at you, honey? Maybe. Would I yell at you? Yes. Wrong. 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 I've got to be so on top of the situation that I don't let anything that's happened cause me to think another way. I have to have a teachable spirit. One that can be right and can be wrong. At the same time, no, probably not. But it would be there. Teachable spirit. Have your ear tuned to the Lord. I always tell people, especially in my classrooms, I would tell them, you have two ears for a reason. First ear is that you hear God. You're listening to God. The second ear is you're listening to me. I said, now from there, you're a winner. You can't lose. But if you can't hear me, Hand up, raise up closer. Say, I can't hear you, Pastor. Whatever you want to say, say it. But get to a place where you can have a teachable spirit with your heart and your eyes both on God. If you're there, you win. There's no, no longer any fight, any struggle, any nothing. It's over with. So you have to have this teachable spirit. How many of you teach a Bible study? Anybody? <clears throat> you find out how little they actually know? Other than you calling it a Bible study, we don't know anything. But they need to know. So 
you need to have a teachable spirit. And you need to have one ear tuned to God and one ear tuned to the speaker. So now you're covered. I got one ear, I'm listening to the, the speaker, and now my other ear is listening to God. Do they mesh up correctly? If they do, I'm okay. If they don't, one of them is wrong. The ear to God usually is right. right? The ear to the, on the, on the realm here is usually, it could be off the wall. So he, he tells you, have a tuned ear to the Lord. <clears throat> How do you tune your ear? Well, you read the scripture a lot. And you meditate on it. Not a whole lot of scripture because you can't handle that. I can't either. Enough to, to gain a knowledge of what I'm listening to. I have to do that. Most of you don't read the word on a daily basis. I won't ask how many don't because I know most of you don't. This group is no different than my group. Maybe a little dumber. One of those things. And so, my tuned ear to the Lord is good. But I have to hear it. I have to hear it and listen to it. Have a desire to learn in the midst of your situation. Be able to say, you know, honey, I never thought of it that way. You're right. And then when she gets you up off the floor because you fainted when you admitted you were wrong, you didn't know what else to do, and she gets you up off the floor. And you say things like, I want to learn in the midst of this situation. I didn't understand where you were coming from, but I understand now, and I'm wrong. Man, you have, you have erased weeks of mess Weeks. And that's what you want. You want to erase the mess. And the only way you can do it is, is just yield to that mess. See the importance of learning and making time for it. I don't think we do that. <clears throat> How many of you have not, have not read your word today yet. Have not read your word yet. So you've all read your word. Oh, got one up there. Okay. Got one there. You can't hide. <laughs> we know it's you. <clears throat> what God wants from you is for you to become 
constantly in the pursuit of God. Constantly in the pursuit of his word, his witness, his life, his spirit, his everything. When you're there, when that's your goal, is to be in the will of God, then I can make it. I can make it. I hit some things quickly. You got any questions before I get out of here? <clears throat> I don't see any hands. So I either did a great job or you weren't listening. <laughs> yes, sir. biggest worry and mine too my brother is us if we can get us in order this way God will make time for the other things if we don't get us in order he just lets it go go on you want to do that you want to hide from your wife go on you want to pout tonight go on you're not going to get anywhere but as you come before the Lord and you yield to that, he'll change you. And that's the whole goal. The whole goal is change me, God. Change. I don't want to be like this. The problem is we've been like this for so long that we think there's no other way. But there is another way. There's a right way. And that's what he wants from us. The right way. And when we yield to him, that's the right way. Right, brother? That's the way it goes. So he waits for you. He waits for me. He waits for all of his children. There's, whole, there's multi-millions of them. He waits for us to come before him and to then say, God, you're right. I was wrong. God, my wife was right, I'm wrong. God, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't matter what. Just be quick to give up. It'll save you, it'll save many years of, of yelling and fighting and screaming. and It'll save all that stuff. But you've got to give it up. And you can't pick it up again then, and that's the hard part. So you let it go. And in the end, you win. And if it's with your wife, she wins. And naturally then your marriage wins. That's what you want. Marriage is going downhill still, not as fast. 
Mr. Trump coming in there is going to be a help. He may not seem like it, but he's going to be a help. I guarantee you, he's a godly person. I don't know how many people I know personally who have spoken to him, and he has expressed his love of God and his avenue to follow Christ. That's what he's expressed openly to people that I know, and that's a good deal. So you say, well, he's this, he's that. Don't go by that. Those are what other people have said. You go by what you see, what you hear, and watch what happens then. Things will change. That's what we need. We need change. And he'll, he will change. And he wants to change every one of us, starting with me and Pastor Mike and all of your pastors. He wants everybody to get changed. And when we do that, we get the victory. And the victory is coming. More than one is coming. So hold on to it. Pray for this place. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your elders or deacons, whatever you have. Pray that God will send you people who will yield themselves to God. That's the whole key. And if they'll do that, you will have victory here. And if you don't do that, then you'll just submit back to the old ways and old ways and old ways and old ways. And you don't want that. That's old. That's old. Someone else got a question? Yes, sir. a very good idea because that's what it says gives you a description of who you are and that's what you need to find out but you have to be willing to read slash and then change because what you read and what I read they're not going to be the correct things all the time but when it's God when it's his word and he's changing us, speaking truth to us, it will change. And that's what you and I want. We want that change. But we have to be willing to do it. Take off your shield, take off your sword, take off everything, and get naked before God. Remember one of the first things I said was you need to get naked before God. When you're naked... He'll come in and he'll change you. And, and, and you'll love it. You'll say, I didn't know it could be like this. Well, it can be. It can be. God is a great God. And he's on your side. So track him down. Track him down. Anybody else before I pray?
that, that's a world saying, I'm sorry is of the world. Doesn't amount to a, a, a bit of hell in God or in his communication. It's not in there. I'm sorry is not there. Will you forgive me is there? And that's what you want to go by. And that's why when you don't know what to do with this woman you have, you're still trying to figure her out. Don't fight it. Just say to her, I don't understand, but I'm willing to. And you stop there. Watch what God's going to do. God's going to change the church. The church in, what are we in now, eight? No. Ten, twelve, one, eleven, nine. I'll pick nine. Ten, eleven. I'll pick eleven, twelve. One of those years, God's going to change the church drastically. And it's going to be good. The church leadership is going to go from people back to God. See, the people, I'll just, I'll just use the term politicians right now. Politicians have taken that word about God and they've run with it. And God is saying, I didn't say that. But you've heard it so much, you think, I said it. I didn't say that. You you need to hear what I have to say, then you need to get before me. You need to pray correctly, and you need to yield correctly. Pastor Mike is where he should be. He's struggling it out. He's fighting it out right now, not for himself, but for you. If he can get you to get straight and get on his team, we'll take this part of Portage. Until we do that, it won't work. It just won't work. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Right. You don't need to justify what you're going to say, guys. If you know that you're serving God and you want him to be your leader, then just say that. God, I failed you. Forgive me. 
That's a great prayer. God, change me. Change me. Great prayer. God, I want more of you and less of me. Great prayer. Those are prayers that you don't need to pray a lot. You need to get that out and then watch what God does. Because he will move on those lines. He doesn't need you to give a doxology of what you're going to do. He's not concerned with that. He doesn't believe you half that time anyhow. Think about it. Half the time you're blowing smoke. He doesn't need you to blow smoke up his nose. What he needs from you is yield. Yield to me. That's all. Watch what I do when you yield to me. Because I will do something. And he will. Okay? Let's stand and we'll, uh, I'll pray. <clears throat> and then y'all can try and assemble what we spoke to you. Get it in your spirit. And then go from there. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you as a group. Yet we're, we're one, but we're one nation. And we pray for our president. We pray for our leadership. We pray for all of that stuff in this community. We pray for the city of Portage, that it would yield to the spirit of the living God. We pray for the other pastors, that they would get a hold of what Pastor Mike is trying to do and what his men are doing, and they would join hands and they would come to the fruition that God is God and my way out is to follow God. And so I yield to you, God. And I say, have your way. Have your way in us, God. We're, we're just little pebbles, but you can put us together into a rock wall. And we'd ask you to do that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen guys. Amen.